What are the best movies and shows of 2021? We answer that question and more this week on Only Stupid Answers. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Only Stupid Answers. This is a show where we answer your questions about movies, TV shows, comic books, and uh, 2021s. Oh, my goodness. This uh, year is over. Um, and uh, time is so weird. It's been just so weird the past two years. Uh, but we're going to be talking about our favorite shows and movies of 2021. And with me, as always, is Roxy Stryer. That's true. I'm here. That's cool. That is true. That is correct. Um, Roxy, before we get into it, 2021 thoughts. What are? Do you have any notes for 2021? (laughs) No notes. No notes. Do it again. Round it back. 2022. Just an ultimate replay. This has been a really good year for the people. Uh, I don't know the context of it. I want to say it was an ad before an episode of Insecure, but it wasn't. It wasn't for Insecure, but it was Yvonne Orgy from Insecure. She was making a joke about how uh, 2021 was less of a new year and more of a 2020 variant. And I'm like, that is not only true, but a very solid joke. That is a good. <laughs> And also devastatingly sad. Yes, it's true. And which is maybe what makes it such a good joke. <laughs> wow. We're going into 2022. So I, I do, I do, ha- I lied. I have some notes. Yes. <laughs> I certainly have some notes, but not many of those notes have to do with the TV shows we got this year. True. True. Especially yeah. since we kind of had a lot, so, some pile up from stuff that was supposed to be in 2020. It was like, it was like an abundance of riches. Yeah, we got, I, I think television was better than movies this year, yet again. Agreed. And movies, there were some really solid movies, but mostly it was the movie going experience that I was yoked on, not yeah. the not the uh, actual movies, although there were a few standouts for me. Yeah. And some that I missed because it is a weird space, DJ, that you and I are in right now, and a lot of people at home, uh, it's just a, re- a weird spot to be in when typically... I'm driving on the I'm, I'm driving on sunset and I yeah. see a billboard and then I'll go see the movie yeah. or, you know, but like right now it's been a weird time. So there's a lot of movies that I haven't even heard of. And then there's a lot of movies that I've heard of that I didn't go see because it was like a, a dodgy time or a, a dicey time or they were doing one screening of it. And that was the week that uh, I had to sniffle. So didn't want to go whatever yeah. it was. So it, it's definitely a different kind of movie year. TV was a lot more accessible, that's for sure. Uh, I totally agree on all of that, and and because you're right in a lot of ways. Also, um, on top of that, it it's was hard harder to find certain movies. Like obviously, there's the big ones, the big the big Marvel ones, the big tent poles. But other of the of the smaller stuff, it's like, is it a Netflix original? Is it is it? Am I going to have to rent it? Uh, wait, that movie came out when did that happen it's just like you said just as far as movies are concerned at this point with our tv landscape at least for me i kind of know where i'm going for stuff and when i'm getting there with movies it's like ah, it's the wild west who knows (laughs) totally somebody even asked me this week they were like i saw i heard you love Encanto so much how do i watch that right now and i was like i think just in theaters yeah probably on disney plus don't know when. Probably not that long from now. Look yeah. out for it. <laughs> <laughs> but do pay attention. It's worth it. Yeah, yeah, totally. I love that movie, but I don't know. I know Disney did a weird thing sometimes where it was like sometimes there will be simultaneous releases. Yeah. Sometimes it's a month later. Sometimes it's three months later. And then there's stuff like like I just now thought of Soul. I don't remember when that dropped. See, that's the thing. I don't even remember when Soul dropped. Was that a 2020 movie? Um, I liked I it a lot. That had to be 2020 because Raya was this year, right? Yes. And and our only Pixar movie this year was Luca. Is that true? I don't know. I'm making. I am flying by the seat of my pants. DJ. That might be true. Is that true? Anyway, and that's the thing. Is like I don't. The fact that I don't know is like wild. It's it's, and also the fact that I don't know about you, Roxy, but when it came time to like. We talked a little about this before. I'm a big list guy. I like my lists. It helps me organize all the bullshit in my brain. Um, and uh, when I was tr- kind of putting stuff together, I couldn't, like, with Sound of Metal, 
I now know. I now I realize know. Sound of Metal is a was a 2020 movie, but in my brain, but I saw it this year, and so like, I did that too for Sound of Metal, Promising Young Woman, a lot yeah. of the movies from last year, even a lot of the TV shows from last year, though, like Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Uh, just really confusing on when some things were. Well, and and it's worth mentioning um, for for people listening to this, not watching live. If you want to watch watch these episodes uh, uh, live, video format live, you can do that at patreon.com slash only stupid answers. For those listening to the normal podcast, uh, we were recording this prior to the end of the year, recording this early because we want a break. Um, and so there's certain things that we haven't seen yet that are coming like right at the end of the year. So we haven't, uh, as of this recording, we haven't seen uh, Matrix or the new uh, Boba Fett show or Witcher or stuff like that. And who knows, some of that stuff might crack Spider-Man. in. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Um, yeah, for those listening to this, we'll, you'll, we'll probably have done a No Way Home episode prior to you listening to this. And so that'll, that'll be confusing, but you know what I mean? Um, so just keep that in, in mind. But uh, uh, for those that listen regularly, you already know that you can review the show on uh, iTunes. Uh, and give us a uh, a five star rating. We love it when you do that. We actually have a five star review, and I wanted to read it. We have, yes, a, yeah, we have a five star review from Chef Tony PR. Nerds assemble! You guys are just amazing. I've never wrote a review before, but since I'm unemployed, I figured it's a good time to do so. Thank you for this beautiful hour and change of distraction from the cluster F happening outside, and thank you for the laughs. And the times you make me think and discover something new. Chef Tony, that was great. And we really appreciate it. If you feel like giving a five-star review and you are also unemployed, feel free to drop a line. And uh, we always ask a question on Spotify with each episode. So you can go over there and answer one of those questions. And of course, uh, if you've just seen Spider-Man No Way Home and you're like, oh man, I need to revisit the Spider-Man movies, you can do that with Sal from Comic Pop and myself. We do a Patreon-exclusive show called Spider-Versity where we've gone through all the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies and the uh, Amazing Spider-Man reboot. Uh, and you can listen to all those. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it was an exciting journey, Spider-Man journey we went on and leading up to No Way Home. And we're excited to continue with that show in the new year. But all that said, uh, let's get into it. We got a lot to talk about. Let's start off with the shows of 2021. Roxy and I, you and I discussed this a little bit in a previous episode. But now we're at the end of the year. Uh, let's let's uh, revisit some of our favorite shows of 2021. Roxy, what are some of the standouts for you? So I I have a lot of the same ones that I had previously talked about, which like you said, we did speak about the the classic ones like that everybody's talking about, such as a Ted Lasso or um, a Handmaid's Tale, which you talk about every year. This is us, those kind of things. But I want to focus on some of the ones that kind of surprised me this year with how yeah. much I love them. Uh, for me, I I think that two things on my list every year and we're only partway through the season, but are always going to be Curb Your Enthusiasm and It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. I, I'll watch those shows in as long as they'll let me. As long as they'll let me. <laughs> as I'll long as they'll them. allow me. You, a few standouts, though, that are not as famous. Uh, one would be Schmigadoon. I've talked about that on this yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Keegan-Michael Key uh, show that is really excessively re- strong. That is really, really different. Only six episodes. If you're looking for something that was unlike anything else in 2021, it is this show. It's a musical. It's a comedy. It's got a lot of comments on society. Yeah. It, it is effed up and goofy and weird. And it's really excellently done. It's on Apple TV. And so that's one that I... I think was really worth people's time this year that a lot of people slept on or haven't even heard of. I feel the same way about search party. I know that I've spoken to you about search party. They're dropping their new season in January of 2022. Oh, wow. So it's a really good time to binge search party right now. For some reason, this is a show that's been like kind of bounced around and a lot of people have not, have not seen or even heard of. But if you are a fan of um, Allie from Broad City, uh, she is the main girl in this. And 
Oh, that's interesting. On her IMDb, she, in her top four, she doesn't even list fraud. I think it's. Oh, I think you're oh, thinking of. Um, oh, sorry, Arrested Development is what I meant to yeah, say. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, uh, of maybe, of yes. maybe from uh, Arrested Development, yeah. Um, and um, also of like just like millennials who are pieces of crap. Yes. Then you're gonna love this show. It's a mystery. It's a murder mystery, but it's also like a uh, coming of age mystery, I suppose. Oh, yeah. Only Murders in the Building. That wasn't even on my list. That was a good one, too. Oh, yeah. That's on my list. We'll talk about that. Okay, good. Um, but why don't we go back and forth? Those are a couple to start us off. But DJ, I would love to hear from you. I think those are great. It's interesting because I, I started watching, and I'll, and I'll circle back to it. I started watching Search Party, and my wife and I started watching Curb. And I had a similar feeling in both of like, wow, this is really good. But I don't know that I can like watch an episode back to back to back because mm-hmm. some of the characters are so difficult that it's like, oh, man, this is really impressive. And they're doing really great things. But I don't know yeah. that I can like binge the show. Like I almost wish I would. I could go back in time and watch it week to week because that feels feels like I need a week break in between episodes to like. All right, I'm ready for more of these people. <laughs> yes, a lot of my recommendations make you want to hide under your covers. I do understand that I am in a rare place where I like binging cringe TV. I want to get all the cringe out of my system at once. Wait, was Rami this season? Was Rami season two this year or last year? No, Dave was this season. Rami was last season. Okay, I was going to say, because I was like, fuck, Rami should be on my list if that was this year. Um, yeah, so so something that we both got started on around the same time, I want to say, I might be mixing up my timelines a little bit, I want to say thanks to Josh Makuga. I think he was the one that sold us on it, right? Or were you already watching it at that point? Are you about to say Only Murders in the Building? Only Murders in the Building. Okay, then yes. Yes, yes Josh sold us on it. Because I wasn't, like, I don't know. Like, I saw the trailers for him, like, I don't know. And then I watched it. And what's interesting about Only Murders in the Building is it has a kind of um, – the word I want to say is cuteness that I think in almost any other circumstance I would kind of – I would feel – it would feel forced. But it's completely not in the show. Like everything the show does feels feels um, earnest and feels uh, uh, honest with the creative vision of the show. And it's just really well put together, and the the balance of of Steve Martin, Martin Short, and um, uh, Selena Gomez. Yeah, Selena Gomez is is perfect. Like it's just it's just a good like. I think without like without Selena Gomez, the show wouldn't work. Like the dynamic wouldn't work. It, like it would it wouldn't work. We would enjoy it, but I don't know it would for really be for people like you and me or like in our age bracket, but it's the, every, every aspect of it. And and it does some of the, it makes jokes about like boomers versus millennials, but they're like good. They're not like basic. They're like smartly, they're, they're well thought out and they're like not, not they're well-intentioned. I don't know. It's a really good, uh, well put together show. Uh, and I think also for people that make podcasts like we do, it's like, yeah, again, my favorite joke in the entire fucking show is there's an episode where Tina Fey is supposed to be this like, uber crime podcaster and it ends with like her doing one of her podcasts and it cuts to black for the credits and then she says and now for an ad from squarespace it's like oh my god that was perfect that joke was fucking perfect (laughs) yeah it's really good it's also a super duper easy watch and i'm really into those these days things that you can just put on turn off your brain not because they're not well written or anything just kind of like you just have to look at the screen yeah it's all you have to do you don't have to stretch your mind. You don't have to be nervous about what's to come. Mm-hmm. It's just going to show you something cute and have good performances and uh, make a make you a, a little excited to watch TV. It's a really, really great show. I feel like this would be a perfect intro show to TV if somebody usually likes like only sir if, if somebody is like a very mainstream person and you want to make them a little more fringe. This show's a little more fringe. Yeah, it's just a little more fringe. And it's weird. You say all that stuff, and it almost sounds like almost like a backhand. Yeah, yeah, back, but it's, but not. it's 100% yeah. not. It's not like yeah. you described it perfectly, but it, like in the best way possible. Like, that's it's you check it out. Check it out. Um, I know this was more of a for me thing than a for you thing, and I've talked about it a lot, but like Reservation Dogs was like a highlight of the year for me. I did really like the last couple of episodes. That's so. interesting because it gets pretty dark in the last, in the last Probably couple. Probably why I like the last couple of episodes. Because there's a there's it's not a mystery, but there's kind of like a central trauma, I guess, to the show, and they and they wait till the last few episodes to unpack it. But something I haven't really talked about in the show that I really like is I'm a big fan 
about shows that of of media and shows that on paper are very much in our world but on the there's just this fringe weirdness and reservation dogs did a good job of that where there's just this on the edge there's like almost like a magical realism thing just on the edges and for me that's actually kind of true to life obviously in shows like this it's heightened but there's this but just being a human being living your life there's just strange things that you encounter that you're like well i guess i'll never have answers to that that's just a strange thing that happened and now i'm gonna have to move on with my life like that's just the way the world life is strange and i and i like those elements because it it, in a heightened way it touches on the strangeness of just being alive in this time i think that the worst thing that happened to me with this show was hearing that it was like atlanta because i Mm. think that that was a big disservice to this show that a lot of people were saying this was like atlanta because atlanta is very different in tone to me and also in like relatability this show really does focus around kids yes and so that was something that like it's almost like if you want to tie atlanta and then there you almost have to say atlanta meets goonies or something like it's very that that's the wrong choice but it's very like high schooler um there's a lot of storylines about things that i think are interesting like running away from home type situations and so i think that if i was kind of clear on what this was going into it and not expecting it to be something else. I might've had an easier time. That's why it took me so long to really get into it. Yeah. Atlanta is a weird comparison for people to make. Like on the one hand, I, on one hand, I kind of get it in, in the way that maybe it approaches it being quote unquote a sitcom, but it's kind of like when people are like, Oh, Dave's like Atlanta. It's like, is it though? Cause it's yeah, the thing it, with Atlanta. Nothing's really like Nothing's Atlanta. Like Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, it's, and it's a hard comparison when Atlanta is one of the, the greatest shows of our lifetime. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. It, the thing Atlanta is closest to is Twin Peaks. Like, that's the, and even that's like a weird comparison to make, but like, that's the only thing I could kind of compare Atlanta to. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. So I, I'm with you. I, I'm glad that I watched the show. It also introduced me to a lot of really talented young actors. Yes. Very cool. good. And, um, and that's awesome so that I feel like we're in on the ground floor with them. And if they don't continue to work after this show, we know why. Yeah. Also, not because they're not fucking good. Not only is the young cast great, but that show executes its guest stars perfectly. Like, really like the, well. the names you do recognize are just like uh, utilized perfectly in that show. Um, uh, I, I don't know if we've had a chance to talk about it since I've seen it, but now I have also seen Squid Game and I also love Squid Game like everybody else on the planet. Yeah, this is a really great show that I almost feel like I'm like, man, this isn't going to be on my list. I'm unique, but it's like on my list because yeah. I'm not that unique and it's a good show. So yes. it's, it's just really, this was like a holy shit. I don't want to go outside. I don't want to leave my place. I don't want to do anything till I finish the show. Yes. Yeah. And uh, it, it, that said, it's just for people in the audience, just know it is pretty bleak. It is. It is. Yeah. It, is a, it is a pretty uh, bleak. It's not like not what's well, interesting because it, it utilizes um, it, it's very well paced. It's it's pretty colorful. The set design and costume and everything are really good. Uh, which makes it watchable, which makes like the bleak honesty of what it's talking about unbearable. Uh, yeah. uh, otherwise, it'd just be it'd be impossible to get through. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So are there some other shows that you'd like that you'd like to talk about? Yeah, for sure. I think one that's on both of our lists, DJ, uh, and the good thing it is because it's its final season is Pose. Yes. That, that Not that it's act- its final season, but it's great. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's over. It's over. <laughs> no, it was just so, so good. Such yeah. a good send off for such a beautiful show. I think you and I also started watching this around the same time during the Panini, as I call it. Uh, uh, well, season three, I've been I've been watching the show since it started airing season oh. one. Yeah. I thought that you did a binge with me. No, we did the the. I think the one that we started watching during the Panini, um, both maybe at different times, but but I know I I essentially binged it was Insecure. 
I started with oh, insecure. Uh, we binged uh, insecure. Around yeah, the yeah. Same time. Okay. Well, uh, also on the list, yeah. insecure. Yes. So both of these, the panini binge of insecure and pose, uh, for different reasons. Pose made me feel like I was entering into a world I knew very close to nothing about, and really took my hand and was like, "Come on this journey with us." Uh, and I laughed, I cried, I felt, and it was excellent. Insecure, we're, it's hard to put this on the list right now because we are not done. Yeah, as of this recording, yeah. we're not done with the season. So there is, it's unlikely, but there is a chance that maybe the season drops the ball. <laughs> but, but so far, so fucking good. I feel like this is, oh, I forgot to tell you in things that I'm into. I, I, and I can talk more about this. I watched the first two episodes of, I don't remember what it's called, but the Sex and the City show. And that was oh. all. And, and then it happened. Yeah, I do have. I, I think I saw you tweet about it. And I'm glad you brought it up because I do have questions. And for you then about there it. was and then there was that. What so, the, whatever. What, I, I'm with you. I don't can't know. I remember the name of that show. They need a new name. They've got to name that new. But uh, I think that Insecure, Sex and the City is one of my favorite shows of all time. And Insecure really reminds me of Sex in the City, cool. just in a way cooler way. Yes. Just like in a way like actually now it's 2021. This is how people really speak. Mm-hmm. And um, we're also like do speak to men in our lives in a way that doesn't just mean we have sex with them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's just like a, a there's a, a thing to that four person, four main women shows yeah. that exist that insecure is just like a top notch one of those yeah and it's got the artist side of things i love that show absolutely and something i haven't had um a couple things that kind of dropped later in the year i haven't had a chance to talk about um but are definitely on my list the new season of doom patrol roxy have you had a chance to check it out yet only only a half of it and it's excellent so far. it's so good it reminds me um uh it reminds me more of season one, not that season two wasn't good, but this is more of the spirit of what I liked in season one. And I like how genuinely disinterested this show is in traditional superhero stuff. Like early in the season, they set up like some sort of alien villain has been sent on a mission to take out Rita. And because of the way things work out on this show, he's been waiting for decades. And so by the time the Doom Patrol shows up, he doesn't really care anymore. <laughs> and he actually kind of before friends robot man and and that just that the way it handles that stuff and it and it's so much more invested in the psychology of these characters which is great it's great for a variety of reasons one i don't know that this show has the budget to do big superhero battles uh and two mm-hmm. it's just a, it's just that's what's interesting about these characters it's not like i don't need to see robot man punch an alien vil- villain into space i i he's i'd like to see him deal with his dementia like he needs to deal with it <laughs> Is is Doom Patrol your favorite of all of the superhero shows this year? Um, I, I it might be the only superhero show that I. Oh no, I did watch all of Superman and Lois. Uh, yes, yeah, it is. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, you also DJ. You also watched uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh, that's true. Wow, Hawkeye. wow. Yes, yeah. all the Disney Plus shows. Yeah, of course <laughs> I did. You're right. Um, is it my? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, just because I like it. It very speaks. It very much speaks to my interests. Uh, and I love these characters, and I think the actors are great, and I like the way it. And it's a smart adaptation. So even though none of the uh, uh, none of their names show up, but I'm like, this is very much based on Grant Morrison's run on the comic. And uh, the brother, the sisterhood of Dada on the show, brotherhood of Dada in the comics, the way it utilizes that and incorporates actual elements of the Dada movement from the earliest 20th century to kind of flesh out its world. It's just mm-hmm. smart. It's just, it's just people, you know, we talk about these shows all the time. It's it, a lot of the time you respond to stuff when people actually do the work, when they actually like, oh, what's the best way to adapt this thing instead of just like, Hey, here's the thing. You know what I mean? Like, here it is. Uh, so yeah, I mean, probably, but yeah, that show's really good. And the other one, it's always been on my list, except not next year because the show is ending, um, is the expanse. It's the last season of expanse. I mentioned it, uh, briefly on some of our after shows i'm your co-host of all these years and i've never watched this with all of the hype you give the expanse it's so gosh dang good and now you can watch the whole thing and it's all and i can tell you it's all good it's all the whole show is good it doesn't Wasn't there that like middle period with some character that was got awkward 
Uh, yeah, there is a uh, one of the one of the original lead cast members uh, ran into an uh, oh uh, me too situation, and so he is not in the final season. Um, which is uh, it's obviously bad that that that. Uh, but you think going back and watching it won't feel like? Yeah. No, I don't think so. Um, okay. Because he's not—he is—he's one of the main cast members. But if I'm—if I'm being honest, he wasn't one of my favorites. So when he had okay. to leave in the last season, I'm like, this is fine. Um, okay. And so I'm and not going to be like, oh my god, I love like the whole time, and then he's gone. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I don't know. It's a different strokes for different folks. You—you you, you might end up loving that character, but um, but uh, the fortunately, all of my favorite characters are fine, and it's very much like people have. I, I think a lot of people describe it this way. It's like Game of Thrones in space, but it, it does a good job avoiding the Game of Thrones problems. And where I think the main problem, if I were to critique the main problem of Game of Thrones, is that it was so focused on spreading out that when it came time to like bring everything back, it, it just couldn't. It, that was a Herculean task that the show could not accomplish in any reasonable way, which is why I don't think George R. R. Martin will ever finish the fucking books because I don't think he knows how to do it. Um, uh, Expanse looks like it's going to do that and then doesn't bother. Very early on, it starts bringing stuff, bringing characters and stuff back together, weaving stuff together, and then just doing interesting things with that. So it never, it never creates itself a problem narratively, like a structural problem that it can't solve. Um, and I, I love it. I just think it's re- it handles sci-fi stuff really smart. I think it's very like, um, uh, if you look at, there's a new Halo show coming out. I've been replaying uh, the Mass Effect game. And both of those are like modern, popular sci-fi stories. But they have a very, probably because they're video games, they have a very militaristic bent. And um, there's a very humanitarian thread through the expanse that it never loses. It's very, it's very like uh, the most important thing people can do is come together and try and solve the crises we're facing together. And it never compromises on that vision. It, 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 all the characters struggle with it, but it never compromises on that. And I find that really commendable. You've definitely sold me. You've sold me today. You've sold me through years. I need to sack up and, and get on it. Yes. That sounds like what it is. There's a, a couple DJ that I haven't mentioned that are my favorites of the year. Please. My what took my top spot before it got knocked out, but still is like maybe number two, if not number one, is Sex Education. Yeah. This show I can't rep enough. It is so good. This is this should be showed to everybody everywhere. Okay. This like I really believe this show should be showed to everybody everywhere. This show is uh, uncomfortable and awkward. It is reminiscent of a lot of people's teenage upbringings, but they don't just focus on the kid characters. They focus on the adult characters too and the parenting side of things. And it is just excellently done. It looks like the world where it's not just a bunch of all cis white people. It's just got a ton of different diversity, which makes for a much better show. Yeah. Because we're yeah. learning about different kinds of people who have different kinds of sex yeah. or don't have sex or are just the, the whole thing. Uh, it's fucking excellent. I love this show. I love this show. It is the best show on Netflix. It knocks Strangers th- Stranger Things off its top spot for me on wow. Netflix. And it is just super duper worth people's time. Uh, the only thing that... I will say about this though, is that I know you and DJ, you and I both have the same problem. Sometimes it is weird to watch kids. They're not underage actors, but they are underage people hooking up. It's always weird. It's weird (laughs) in any of the show, any of the shows that we watch on the CW, it's always weird to watch very young people like navigate sexual experiences. And then you're watching it and you're like, Yeah, um, yeah, it's weird because you know when you're when you're young when it was before the CW was the CW was like the WB and we were like in high school or early college. It's like these young people, yeah, this is like my life. And then you yeah. get to be like in your thirties, you're like, ah, I feel weird. I feel like I shouldn't be involved in this conversation. <laughs> right, but unlike shows like The OC or any of those shows, this is like prestige television and. Yeah. The relationships that I'm really invested in, the sexual relationships that I'm really invested in, at least, are the are the 
40 and 50 year olds. Gotcha, gotcha, so gotcha. it's like, I, I feel like it's got something for everybody, cool. but I'm not sitting here like invested in the sex lives of kids. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, I remember how fucking awkward that first kiss moment is. Yeah. But then I'm like super invested in the mom and like who she's having sex with and stuff like that. So cool. um, I, I think it's really, really incredibly done. But three my favorite seasons? show. Yes. Three seasons. Cool. Three seasons. This, this season was season three. I honestly think it might've been the best season. Cool. That's always I don't, good. I, yeah, I don't know. I This show, season one was phenomenal. Season two was phenomenal. Season three was phenomenal. Cool. So that's very rare. Very cool. Uh, and that's why it did ultimately knock Stranger Things for me, which I also love. But because Stranger Things has had like season one, season two, season three, season mm-hmm. four. Like yeah. it's kind of like you don't, you don't know. So really, really loved that. Uh, as you know, probably my favorite comedy of the year is Dave. Yeah. Gosh, it's, it's, it just it hits me. It hits me in my humor spot, and yeah. that that last uh, that Gata moment yep. just like makes the oh gosh, it was a really good season. Yeah, this season was, really was uh, really good. I think standouts for me, and and props to you because I wouldn't have watched it without you. Um, um, I'm blanking on the producer, the actual real life producer that he befriends on the show. Oh yeah, Benny Benny, Benny Blanco. Blanco. Uh, the scene, the episode where him and Benny Blanco hang out was yep. a standout for me. Uh, so the, fi- good. the final episode, like you mentioned, um, uh, was was amazing, and I think really showed that they had a better understanding of what the show could be in the second season than than season one. Like, oh, we need to address some things, basically. And then another standout is when he does the float and he confronts himself in his own headspace. That that's a scene that's going to stick with me for a while. You mean when he's Lex Luthor? Is that yes. what you're talking about? Yes. Holy yeah, shit. the scene yeah. where I was like, "Oh, Dave Bird should be like a villain in something. Like he should yeah. like that's be good casting." Yeah, and then my number one show of the year is Morning Show, which cool. I can't believe is my number one show of the year. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm shocked by that because it was really last the first season. I was like, "It's a really solid show." Wow, and a lot of people had told me it's a solid show, but this season. For some reason, maybe it's because it's very insider baseball industry, me too oriented. Yeah. Maybe because I can extremely relate to what the people are going on through on the show. And it's the first time I feel like I'm watching my workplace be explained yeah. uh, in, in some ways. And I don't mean that in just like one particular way, but like even with some of the nuances and conversations. Uh, and, and also maybe it's one of the first times where it's showing us that it's not super duper black and white always. And um, you know, the conversations that like Sarah Silverman had about Louis C.K., those kind of things were like, yeah. can you still love somebody who's never done anything wrong to you, who's done some really fucked up things to other people? Yeah. The show like actually tries to address those things. And now this season it was addressing the Panini and it did it in a way that was like, holy shit. I think this show this season is going to be watched one day in like classrooms yeah. when they're trying to explain things yeah. uh, and how things looked. It really, really, it's really tackling things head on. So yeah. I love that. Uh, and then for my favorite superhero show of the year, DJ, while Doom Patrol is up there, my number one's Lucifer. Oh, which yeah. I, I, was, I guess, I guess that would be a comic book show, not a superhero show. I get it though. But my favorite in that realm, gosh, yes. Lucifer sticking its land in yep. just, yep. Love that show. Uh, you gotta love, love it when show. something. Uh, you, you gotta love it when a show is able to end on its own terms and then sticks said landing. It's like, oh, good, we got out of it. Okay, everybody. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what a what a nightmare process that show was. Where it was like, <laughs> Fox canceled it. There was that weird merger situation. Netflix picked it up. There was a pandemic. They tried to do their final season. Everything was delayed. We thought we were gonna miss the whole final season. Yep. Like it was just such a. We went from being a a PG more pg show to uh let's let's see tom ellis's ass mm-hmm. is that his name uh sure what is lucifer's name all of a sudden i just said that and i was like tom ellis what is, is lucifer's right? name i think you might be right i'm not in a position to yes you're correct okay and by the way the little icon that came up when i looked it up looks exactly like um um uh what is it uh superman from superman and lois tyler hecklin Oh, mm, yeah. Well, very good looking men. Yes. Across the board. They're, they're doing so, all right for themselves. Just happy that that's a show that I stuck with. What was this? The seventh season? I mean, that was a, that show 
lasted. Yeah, it, was a long it, had, it had legs. It had yeah. legs. Uh, uh, glad it stuck the landing. Before we wrap up on shows, I wanted to mention you and I both talked about this in the past, but White Lotus was a standout for me. Oh, good. Um, oh my god, just for Jennifer Coolidge alone. Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I got um. So my uh, my wife started watching um Shit's Creek this year. Um, and I would be around when she, we were going to watch it together, but she ended up watching it on her own and I ended up being around for a couple episodes. And of course it was fucking hilarious. Um, and, uh, but because she watched that, I had her watch best in show, which has, you know, all those Eugene Levy and Jennifer Coolidge and all that. And of course she loved that. So that was, that was cool. And I look forward to going back cause I never, Anytime I caught an episode of Shit's Creek with her, I, I, I always really enjoyed it. So I, I, I plan on going back. And well, it was the same thing. She watched Crazy Ex-Girlfriend without me. And it was one of those, um, like, whenever I caught an episode, I'm like, oh, this show's really fucking good. Um, I never saw that show either. It's really good. Like, it's, oh, again, yeah. I've only seen whatever, every, anytime I caught, like, a stray episode, it's like, oh, damn, this is actually, this is really fucking good. And I knew Shit's Creek was going to be good. Uh, but I ended up, I was, I was never um, surprised. Why am I blanking? Who plays the mom on that show? Um, Moira, um, uh, Catherine O'Hare. So fucking funny. The little, the, the, whatever she does with her like accent or whatever it is was always hilarious to me. So good. So good. Such really a good. Great fucking yeah. bit. So good. Um, DJ, don't yell at me. I'm, I'm not going to talk about them, but I have to, I have to give a couple more shout Please. You know I'm the TV person. This is like Go Sophie's for choice for me. I was yeah. going to make a top 10 list for the show today, and I was like, I'm not ready. You can't make you me. You can't make me. A uh, couple doc series, Alan B. Farrow and Framing Britney Spears. Unbelievable. Uh, my favorite kids show of the year, Mighty Ducks, Game Changers. Yeah. Why did I love that show so much? We don't know, but I only watch that because of you, DJ. Yeah. You were like, the first episode's coming. So good. Made. Don't know why this is being slept on on Netflix. Uh, probably because Midnight Mass and Squid Game came out at the same time, but Made was, as you know, I talked about it on this show. Yeah. That, I mean, twist the knife, why don't you? Never Have I Ever, also a great coming-of-age show, the Mindy Kaling produced one. Yeah. Mayor of Easttown, which is oh, like that was this year too. of this year. Yeah, really, really great one. Um, excellently done. Uh, Grace and Frankie and Kaminsky Method, solid comedies always, especially because we don't see older people on TV as often. Yeah. And to have like these living legends grace our screen every week was really, or uh, I guess binge wise was really, really great. Shameless. I thought stuck the landing, although other people did not think. Yeah, but they're uh, not on the show. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Succession. We're in the middle of it right now, but yeah. Oh boy, is that on my list? Yeah. I, uh, I, I from what I've heard, yeah. this season of succession is out for blood. <laughs> yes. Yes. And um, pen 15, I have not watched the most recent drop, but, I'm sure it's going to be on my list because this show is hysterical. So those were just a few shout outs that I had to give my bad DJ. There's a lot of them. No, you're good. And I see why you would be difficult for you to do a top 10. <laughs> I think I watched, I think I watched about 150, maybe more shows this this year. I was looking at my list. Cause like, I know think about like big brother, like it's hard for me to not put those things on my list, but like, Floribama Shore, you know, there's a lot of, I did a lot of TV watching this year. So to make a top 10 when there was like just great TV and it was Walking Dead, you know how much I love that show. Yeah, but it's just things. It's like when I have Koi on the show and he like brings up the comics he's reading. It's like, son of a bitch, man. When do you have time? When do you have the time know, for all I this? Know. I know. But like, you know, last night I was up until four in the morning watching Yellowstone because I decided to start binging that. I've heard good but- things. I've heard good things. Fuck, DJ, that show's so fucking good. But God damn it. Is it on Paramount? Like, Where do It's not on Paramount. It's I'm on watching it Peacock. on Peacock. It, that show's so weird because it is a Paramount show. The spinoffs are on Paramount, but it's on Peacock. Whatever. I, we don't have time to unpack the Yellowstone mystery. I know. Um, but let's go to ads, and then when we come back, we will talk about uh, movies. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
All right, everybody, we are back and we are done talking about shows. Now we're talking about the big screen, but also probably more often than not the small screen. <laughs> um, we're talking about movies. Um, and I think uh, a lot of good uh, movies this uh, this year. I'll start us off. I, 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 a couple of the big ones. I want to start off with the big ones, the ones that really impacted me. French Dispatch, Wes Anderson's new movie. Uh, really moved me. I, like I said, I think we talked about it on the after show or something. I know for some people, it probably won't impact them as much as we packed me, but it, it, as it impacted me, but it really touched on a lot of stuff. Just the why people write and stuff like that, and it, it just really moved me. I, I think it might be my favorite movie of the year. Up there though is Encanto, which we've talked about a lot on the show. Incredible. That's my favorite DJ. Uh, I want to talk about the Green Knight. Um, I thought that movie was really excellent, incredibly well done. I'm very excited to watch it again. A surprise for me was Pig, the new Nicolas Cage movie. I saw uh, it on a plane, DJ. You know what's so funny? Uh, Monica what? also watched it on a plane. And uh, and I tried to talk her out of it because I, I really like the movie. So don't watch it on the plane. But she was she was for it. I don't think watching stuff on the plane bothers as much as it bothers me. And uh, the scene where they go and visit, um, they go to that one restaurant and Nicolas Cage interacts with that guy that used to work for him. Yeah, my wife is plugged in, so she's watching with subtitles. I'm just watching the scene over her shoulder, reading the subtitles, and I start crying. <laughs> just in that, I start crying because that just that there's just an alchemy in that scene that it's just hard to describe. That scene was so good. That movie was so good. I don't understand like how it got made yes. at all. Yes. Like, I just can't believe it. Uh, but it was excellent. Yeah, yeah, I, I understand. For people that uh, don't uh, understand what Roxy means, it's like, hey, it's like the pitch was would be, hey, what if Nicolas Cage in his own John Wick, but it's a pig, but also not John Wick because there's no there's no action or violence or any of that stuff. <laughs> it's like low key, kind of a slice of life film, mm-hmm. and that's the most unbelievable part about it. Uh, like it, it's a man, it's about a man and his pig. Yeah, it keeps threatening to like maybe get like big but it never does and it, in fact it comments on it they start talking about a meal where it's like it looks like you're doing one thing but you end up doing something else and it surprises people it's like oh yeah this that's what this movie's doing um uh judas and the black messiah uh was early in the year but i thought it was excellent me too um of course stuff yeah, we have like, a lot of the themes yeah like i in the heights uh was up there for me um sure. one that one that might not be on your list but is on mine because i'm a fan of this stuff was the bob odenkirk uh, action movie nobody. nobody which mm. which was way up my alley uh-oh winona wanted to, wants to say hi for those watching live um winona you were not in a movie this you year. were not in I a don't... movie this year that we know of where have you been winona roxy what are some of your favorite movies this year so i'm super duper with you especially on in the heights and Kanto, uh pig the uh, judas and the black messiah really good ones for me i was obsessed that's with Quiet Place too. Yeah, that was one of the best movie going experiences I ever had because I was back in a theater yeah. and holy shit, I was like, "This is what movies are!" Oh my god, this movie's so fucking good. And how it could have been that good as a sequel to a movie that was quiet, I was like, "There's no way that they're going to stick this landing," and they did. I loved Shiva Baby. I thought that movie okay. was excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was a, it's a movie. It's a bottle episode movie okay. that takes place at Shiva, which. For those of you guys who don't know, in the Jewish culture, when somebody dies afterwards for a week, you do this thing called sitting Shiva, which means you invite people over to your house and you and they bring you you, you eat food yeah. for a week with people. And it's an interesting thing we do in our tradition that I've never seen on screen. And the while the main star of this was not Jewish, which I thought was a, a unique choice. The writer and director was a Jew who is like my age. I think she's a Tish girl. And she just very clearly has sat a lot of shivas like me and knows how incredibly uncomfortable they are. This movie, I don't know if you saw this, DJ. It kind Mm -hmm. of plays like a horror movie. Okay. But it's not. It's really good. It's an hour and 10 minutes, an hour and 20 minutes. It's really short. That sounds really interesting. And I remember hearing good things about it. And I'm glad you brought it up because in my brain, literally just seeing the title and not knowing anything about it, I was calling it Shiva Baby, uh, which is a whole different culture. (laughs) Totally, totally. So yeah, it's on HBO Max and it's a really quick watch. And it's also about this girl. The the elevator pitch would be this Jewish girl um, is like putting herself, like is trying to finance her life by being a sugar baby. 
and she okay. has a sugar daddy and she runs into him at a shiva with her family. That's a great, uh, that's a great pitch. <laughs> yeah. And then they're stuck in that room together for the hour and 20 minutes. That is the movie. I also, or, I might find the movie frustrating in that for as somebody that writes this stuff, I'm always trying to find ways. Like how can I make this as small and budgetarily easy as possible? And so when you see a yeah. movie that just it, it makes it look effortless, you like, you sons of bitches, you motherfuckers. Yeah. How'd you figure this out? <laughs> they really did figure it out. Uh, Diana Agron's in it also. And, she plays the one Shiksa in the room, although she actually is a Jew and in real life. And so, yeah, it's really good. It's really effing good, DJ. I think that this is a small movie that deserves some love. It doesn't match with these big movies where you're like, wow, this is brilliantly made. But it's like, wow, look at what somebody can do when they have an idea and they just like want to do something. Yep. So that's cool. I also loved Dune. I know there's some mixed opinions on that movie, but I had a really good time with it. And in terms of superhero movies, a lot of good ones this year, but Suicide Squad. Yeah. Or, excuse me, The Suicide mm-hmm. Squad. Get it right. <laughs> fucking good, man. That yeah. Movie fucking good. I think for me, that's the superhero movie to beat this year. I think it really, um, uh, I think it got the team dynamic really right. I think it had a lot of good characters. I think it handled the superhero stuff well in that it's willing to embrace that shit, some of the stuff's silly and that's okay. Like, but also, uh, uh, credit to James Gunn and the cast and everything really emote like really impactful like when it gets to the climax and you kind of get to like the thesis of the movie it's like oh I actually am kind of moved by this you know what I mean which is not something you really expect from from this movie and I'm looking forward to the Peacemaker show when it comes out in January same same it's starting to be advertised at the beginning of all my HBO shows yeah and you know right now I'm doing a lot of HBO yes, shows you are so I I've been enjoying that uh, really good and while we're at my favorites of the year and movies that you not, didn't necessarily love but I loved and that are also the name of an animal gosh I love lamb yeah <laughs> Yeah, I think you mentioned movie. you mentioned with Reservation Dogs, like maybe you're expecting something different. I very much think that was my issue with Lamb. Like I went in thinking I knew what was on the menu, and it was not, and it, uh, uh, it made it a challenging movie experience for me. Yeah, I love this movie. I think it's weird in all of the right places for me. I also acknowledge that the, the, not one thing happens in this movie. <laughs> So, I mean, I mean, one thing happens. One thing, yeah, yeah, one, okay, one, yeah, exactly yeah. one thing happens. <laughs> yeah, like we do spend a lot of time like watching people dance and like watching people watch themselves. And, yeah, like, it's just I can't believe I like this movie as much as I did. But gosh, something about this, I walked out of it and was like, I really like that movie. Yeah. And I can't, I can't even really put my finger on why. Uh, I'm a big A24 girl, and this was no exception. Well, speaking of uh, things that I might have enjoyed that you didn't as much, I actually really liked the new Candyman. Um, uh, I thought it was, I thought it was really, really excellent. I do think, uh, full disclosure, I do think there's a moment. I think the actual, the very end of the movie is great. There's a little, uh, mo- as we're getting to the end, where uh, things become a little dicey structurally things become a little bit dicey um uh uh, character makes a heel turn that feels like a little unnecessary (laughs) um but uh but i overall i really like that movie and i'm really excited to see more from that director um something i haven't had a chance to talk about i don't know if i if i made like an official top 10 it would be up there but i actually really like the last duel um i think it's it's probably a little too long but uh uh i think the stuff it, it is talking about is interesting like basically seeing how a lot of our um systemic inequalities inequities are are have been like baked in our centuries old like like we're, the fact that we're still trying to um, we're still operating as if it's like the 1600s or something is ludicrous um and it's really scott so the fight stuff is really good um i also wanted to mention no sudden move i'm a big steven soderbergh fan um that was his movie with don Cheadle. um and uh, uh, Benicio del Toro and uh, Steven Soderbergh's been on a very, uh, I think it's fair to say, like an anti-capitalist kick, or at least uh, uh, kind of trying to deconstruct capitalism and kind of understand it better in a lot of his movies. And No Sudden Moves is very much a part of that. And I just like the way he makes movies. Uh, and and so I and I, I, that was that was a highlight for me. And also, I I think there's some very fair criticism for this movie about about the way it handles Amazon workshops. But as a movie, 
I thought hmm. Nomadland was really good. Was that this year? Yes. Yes, it was. I Whoa. Yeah, yeah, it was. I, I will say, and we'll, we should talk about a little bit about this more because I'm sure, like me, there's stuff that you watched this year that's not a this year thing, but you discovered yes. it this year. And so a couple movies for me that I would love to put on this list because I didn't really do this last year are The Assistant, um, which is is kind of a fictionalized uh, account of an assistant of um of uh, what's his face uh, um um the I I I guess I blanked his name out of my brain. You're talking about the Julia Gardner movie though, yes. right? That, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, and that that came out in like I think 2019. That's actually a two year old movie, but I, I watched it this year. It's on Hulu, and it is in incredible it is so fucking good it's such a good movie um and also sound of metal like like if if sound of metal had come out if i could if i could count it as a this year movie it would probably be my favorite movie of the year i i found it very um impactful uh uh i felt i felt very moved by it and um uh rizzo i think is incredible in it and uh it's not it's not a 2021 movie but it's a movie i watched this year and i loved there's a lot of movies that I missed. I didn't see Green Knight. Uh, I love Shang-Chi, but you and I both struggle with about a, a good chunk of that movie. Um, you with more than I do. Yeah. There's some movies that are on lists, CJ, that I wanted to get your opinion on. West Side Story, I still haven't seen yet. Yeah. Would that make anywhere close to your list? Not for me. Not out of any problem with the movie. It's just it, it, just my interest. It doesn't it doesn't really align with my personal interest. I am very excited. Let me know when you do see it. Since you're since you're a big fan of West Side Story, I'm very interested to know what you think about it. Mitchell's versus the Machines is on a lot of people's lists. <laughs> Have you seen that? No. Um, I understand why, why people like it for me. It's very much like if you just made a meme into a movie. Uh, and so I found it kind of grating. I find that I found that film kind of abrasive to watch. Interesting. Coda was on a lot of people's lists. Um, did you see that? That's the silent, the Amazon, um, uh, deaf community no. movie. I hear that that one's incredible. Mass was on a lot of people's lists. I was just looking at the the humans was on a lot of people's lists movies wow. that I that went right over my head this year. Um, trying to think of any of the other big ones that you and I missed. What is the one that came out? Uh, Liquor's Pizza. Oh yeah, on- we'll see. I might. I, I I I'll be honest. I watched the trailer for that. I'm like, wow. I don't even know what the fuck is going on in this movie. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, I like I like PT Anderson. Uh, uh, Punch Drunk Love is one of my favorite movies. So. You know I don't like Phantom Thread, but I do like I have him. not seen Phantom Thread. I have not fe- oh my seen God. Phantom Thread. And I think P.T. Anderson's one of those that's not like, like I, I don't pop in There Will Be Blood all the time. You know what I mean? Or The Master. It's like, oh, this yeah. is a good, well-made movie that I don't know that I'm going to watch again. <laughs> if you want to watch the most pretentious movie of all time, watch Phantom Thread. Ooh, Spencer. so exciting. Spencer on a lot of people's lists. You guys know I really didn't like that movie. And that's interesting because after you said that, I actually saw a lot of mixed response. I actually saw a lot of mixed response. So I don't know that you're entirely alone with your feelings on that. Yeah, I really didn't like it. Zola, a movie I didn't see, but I think you did. I did. I did. It's good. It's good. It has. It has. Um. Uh, it has some. Re- I, I don't know as a as an entire movie. It quite works, but like there's a lot to like about that movie. I think that uh, you had said that it was a little like underwhelming right but that there was good elements to it I'm yeah just- it's because it's it's based off of that infamous twitter thread and you read that twitter thread and it's incredible and i 100 percent see the instinct of like let's make this a movie but they it's pretty much a, a note for note a, a, adaption so it doesn't necessarily make the best move like it doesn't do like it doesn't become like a movie it just becomes like a live action adaptation of this twitter thread that said the performances are great um, a lot of the stylistic choices really work, and there's a there's a moment, uh, a specific moment that'll stick with me. Where uh, the movie's from Zola's perspective, but there's a specific moment where it switches perspective to the other girl's perspective, and that move mm-hmm. that moment is really hilarious and also pretty incisive about the way th- these stories can get flipped and also how like toxic people can rewrite history to make it seem like they're the heroes of of a situation that they made awful. <laughs> yeah. Um, to, 
I don't know how to say it. Titan, Titan. Titan. So okay. full disclosure, I was knowing we were going to do this. I was trying to catch up on stuff, and mm. and I don't know how I'm, I have not watched Titan. I'm going to wait till it's either streaming or it's a little cheaper to rent uh, because yeah. I'm a cheapskate and I don't like spending more money than it's I have at to. That twenty dollar mark right now, right? Yeah, and it's and it's just like I'll wait, but I, I it's one of those like. Is it going to be weird in the way I like, or weird in that like pretentious way that it, it's it's kind of like a, like a Gaspar No movie where it's like, oh, well, this is a lot. <laughs> yeah. So those are some other big ones that I'm just curious your thoughts on. I haven't seen a lot of them. I watched. Just- Getting ready for this, I watched The Harder They Fall. Um, oh, I really liked that movie. I ended up really liking it too. I was uh, I was a little. Um, uh, it, it it took me a little bit to get into it because uh, uh, every character in that movie, their name is taken from a real life black cowboy, but none of the care other than Bass Reeves, it's just the name. Like they don't share any characteristics with the actual black cowboys. And I do feel like that might undermine the idea. Like there's that little note at the beginning that like, all oh, this story is fake, but all these people are real. Mm-hmm. I think that's under, by taking these real life black cowboys and putting them in a highly fictionalized, almost fairy tale world. I think it undermines the idea that like, no, no, these people existed. Like black cowboys were real. One in four cowboys were black. Um, and also it, it does little things like it undermines its best joke. I think the best joke in the movie is when it's like, we got to go to the town. It's a white town. And then you go to the town and it's, it's literally white, but then the title card comes up and it says, it's a white town. It's like, no, you, you didn't need to do that. I got, yeah, I got right, the I got joke. It. You didn't need yeah. to do that. That yeah. said one, this is, maybe one of the best casts in any movie this year. Like literally like every member of the cast is like an A-lister. Like, um, it's amazing. Uh, so it's hard. It would be hard to like fumble that. Um, and also I'm a fucking sucker for that shit. I love Westerns. I love the, the counterpoint being, I also watch power of the dog, which is, Oh yeah. That was on a lot of people's list too. Yeah. And that is a drama with a capital D and it's incredibly well-made. The performances are really good. I prefer stuff like the harder my personal interest. I prefer more of the fun shoot 'em up westerns of the harder they fall. Uh, so it's interesting. I feel like if which you could one t- is more likely to be nominated for an Oscar? Ooh, Power of the Dog, one hundred percent. Power of the Dog is one hundred percent. We made this movie to get an Oscar. That's that's what that feels like. And there's right. things like there's commendable things. I think like um, uh, the character Benedict Cumberbatch plays is really interesting and um, uh, complex. Um, and it does the one thing it does that I wish. Um, Heart of the Fall would have done is the places feel lived in. Like there's no set in the Heart of the Fall that doesn't feel like a set. Um, and, and and so I think some of the more like uh, uh, everything in the in the Power of the Dog feels like lived in and more real. And I think I feel I feel like if my ideal Western would take elements from both, but if I had to choose which one I'd prefer to watch, it'd be the Harder They Fall. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. So those are the movies, DJ. So before we go, though, um, anything that you watched this year that is not necessarily a 2021 thing, but you discovered this year? Mm. I'm sure the answer to that is yeah. I I, I don't know yet, but I am this Sunday, DJ, depending on when you guys are watching this. It already (laughs) happened. But I am for the first time ever going to watch The Matrix. God damn it. I'm so fucking excited for you. I'm doing a watch along with the people on the world girls on Sunday night. Uh, And I'm excited for me too, because then, then we've got a new matrix movie. So that will be one that I'll have discovered this year. I, yeah, that's a, that, that will be exciting. I do hope you like it. Obviously there's a good chance that it might've been overhyped. You know what I mean? Like after, what is it? Two decades since it came out. I know. Um, It's been a long time. uh, So, Counter programming. It's just a movie. It's just a movie. Just go. It's just a movie from the late nineties. No big deal. Just I'm ready to backbend. I'm ready to take the blue and the red pill. So is yeah. ju- you're just watching OG original Matrix? Yeah, I'm gonna go from that to watching the resurrect. Resur- is what's the new one? Resurrection. Resurrection's interesting. I'll be interested to know what that experience is like for you. I do. Once again, I do think like a lot of people when I first saw the original sequels, I was like, ooh, these suck. Going back to them, I think there's a lot. And they're not perfect, but I do think they're they're underrated. Maybe I'll maybe I'll have time to do it. Well, on, it kind of depends on, on how you feel. If you don't really like the first one, why bother with the <laughs> why bother with the sequels? Yeah, yeah. So I I'll see how I'm doing, but that's on Sunday night. And then I don't. Um, this morning I heard about the screening, 
So I'm going to. Oh, well, hopefully I'll, we'll have as well. (laughs) We'll need to follow up on that. Um, uh, for me, uh, the reason I wanted to bring this up is there's actually a few things that, that are of my favorite things of 2021 that I just started interacting with in 2021. Um, and I'll just mention them real quick. The Sopranos, I started watching in 2021. And Shocker, it's great. Um, also, The Nick, which is also on HBO Max. It was You repped that show, I remember, yeah. God damn it, Roxy. It's so fucking good. I'm in season... There's only two seasons. I'm in season two. Season two isn't quite as as tight as season one was. But it's just such a, it feels like a masterclass in filmmaking. Like every decision is purposeful. Like it's just, again, it just goes back to the the people involved are doing the work. And it's just, it's just delightful to see. Again, Steven Soderbergh, I'm just a big fan of, I I don't necessarily love everything he's done. I just, I, but for the most part, I like uh, his stuff. And like I mentioned, uh, Sound of Metal might have been my favorite movie of the year, even though it came out last year. And just a quick, uh, bone to the comic fans out there. Um, I've picked up volumes of it in the past, but this is the first year I really sat down and started reading Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips' Criminal uh, comic series, and it's amazing. It's fucking incredible. It's so fucking good. Um, they're they're sold in deluxe editions. I think there's three deluxe editions that collect basically the whole series, except maybe the volume Cruel Summer. And if you're a comic fan, if you're a crime fiction fan. Um, fucking pick that shit up. It is so good. The same creative team is also working on a series that I think started this year called Reckless, which are individual standalone graphic novels that are also really good. Um, and it's just, again, kind of like that pulpy crime fiction stuff is something comics don't do a lot anymore and kind of media in general doesn't, uh, but I'm a big fan of it. So that's something I enjoyed this year. I also started reading the uh, Matt Fraction, David Aha, Hawkeye run in preparation for the Hawkeye show. And also uh, fucking great. Pick it up. I think the first two volumes are on Comixology, if you have that. We did get qu- uh, Discord questions. And I want to answer. Roxy, are you down to answer some of those real quick? Yeah, let's go. Let's do it. Um, Jake Hefner. Uh, how <laughs> how was 2020 for both of you and Roxy? Any cool plans for OSA in 2022? Uh, Roxy, let's start with that first one. How, how was 2021 for you? <laughs> Man, uh, the way that I've been describing things recently to my friends is this year, or especially this ending of this year, I feel like Eeyore. Thanks mm. for noticing. Why bother? I'm not in the same place that I was in 2020 where I was like, couldn't breathe. I was so, but I'm also just like, what the fuck is this planet? Mm -hmm. Just kind of moving along, treading water, trying not to drown. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. (laughs) Um, That's a good one, DJ. (laughs) uh, How do I feel about 2021? Well, I keep uh, thinking it's 2020. So uh, it's it honestly it depends on the day you ask me. Uh, it yep. depends on it depends on the day you ask me. Overall, things are fine. Uh, do we have plans for 2022? I sure do. We'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll see what happens, and that's all I have to say about about that. Uh, yeah, it just kind of right now. I feel really good. Right? This has been a really good discussion about movies and TV shows, and I'm happy about that. Me too, DJ. Um, me too. Brenda asks, either of you like those holiday romance movies on Hallmark slash Lifetime slash Netflix? If so, do you have any favorites? And if not, do you enjoy roasting them? I will say my family, who we just went back and revisited recently, love those holiday Hallmark movies. Love them. Uh, I do not. (laughs) I do not prefer them. Um, What about you, Roxy? Are, are Are you into them? As you could imagine, DJ, obviously my answer is yes. Uh, <laughs> my sister and I, every year when we get together for the holidays, we pick like, we try to watch the worst movies we can that have to do with love. Yeah. And typically those are a, a holiday movie. So uh, what was it a few years ago on Netflix? I really liked set, uh, set the setup or something, okay. whatever, whatever they are. I try to watch them all. The only one that really didn't work for me was that fucking Amelia Clark movie. Oh, with um, why am I blanking La- on his name from um, Crazy Rich Asians Last and Snake Christ- Eyes? The Last Christmas. Henry Golden. Yes. Last Christmas. Sometimes I like the movies that know they're bad, express that they're bad, and come on anyway. And they're like, bring it on. Mm-hmm. I don't like the holiday movies that are like, this is the next It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it sure isn't. 
So those are our 2021s. Let us know uh, in the comments or tweet us uh, what your thoughts of 2021 were. Roxy, where can the kids find you and what should they be looking out for? At Roxy Stryer and also at the World Girls and those two things. Right now for the month of December, we are giving something new a whirl every single day on TikTok and on uh, Instagram Reels. So if you're looking for those quick challenges and we're asking people at home to do the same thing, I ate a full lemon. Uh, Dee and Steph competed in who could get a Cinnabon down in the least amount of bites. That one was crazy. Uh, there's a really, really intense one coming up uh, that has to do with electricity. I'll give that hint. So, Jeez, okay. yeah, we've got we got a lot of stuff happening over there, and it's fun. It will keep you going all December long. Uh, that's incredible. Please, please, please go check that all that out. There will be links in the description. You can find me at DJ Talks Trash, and you can follow the show everywhere that matters at Only Stupid Answers, but on Twitter. Yank out the vowels from stupid. And that will be for us for this week and for 2020. Uh, Y'all have a, I hope you all are 2021, DJ. Oh, God fucking damn it. Are you sure it's not just still 2020? Are we still not? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I feel like the clock stopped at 2020. Uh, And see us again next year in 2022 or 2023 or 2019, whatever year it is. And we'll see you all then. Bye, everybody. Bye.